Welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Jared Burris, and I'm going to talk to you here uh, just for just for a little while on abortion. Uh, this issue is something that we as the church have totally ignored. Uh, to the to the most part, yes, we'll speak about it sometimes, but we don't actually get any movement on it. You know, here is a situation in our own nation where we have an actual holocaust going on, where millions of babies have been aborted, killed, murdered, and we all sit here and we're just, oh, we'll pray about that. Oh, we'll, uh, you know, yes, that's horrible. Yes, this is an evil. But what do we actually do about it? You know, if Christ has given us to be his hands and his feet, what would Jesus do if he was here on earth about abortion? Would he go in and he, would he treat it like he did in the temples and go over and turn the tables over and say, listen here, you know, enough is enough. And I'm not advocating for hurting anybody or uh, physically because we're not them. And, and I mean them as in people who believe in murder. Because that's what abortion is, is murder. You know, we need to be so on the offensive of, uh, oh, I'm pro-choice. No, you're pro-murder. So let's get that fact straight here because life is comes from life. If it was a, a, a bear, a baby bear or a baby elephant or some animal, we would refer to that as a baby elephant or a baby bear even in its womb. We would not for one second say, well, no, well, that's just a fetus. We're not sure yet what it's going to be. It could be a Cadillac. That bear could give birth to a, a penguin. We just don't know. No, because that's ludicrous and that is absolutely foolish. And we ourselves in our heart know uh, what the truth is. God has put that conscience in us. And even the most adamant pro-choice person out there may, may sit there to our faces and say, nope, that's not murder. It's a woman's choice. It's a woman's choice. But you put the pictures in their face. You put the videos in their face. And each time you're going to, and if you look at them, you're going to get a moment of them saying, realizing within themselves, this is life, but I can't admit it. And you're going to see that battle on their face. You're going to see that battle within themselves. Murder is wrong in any form to any person, to any creature, especially when it comes to a human baby. What are we doing? You know, a movie just came out this weekend. It's about Robert Gosnell. And listening to the, uh, the directors, listening to Dean Cain, who is an actor in the movie, uh, speak about this on Fox News and various other places, uh, listening to the, the producers and the writers talk about this on different conservative news outlets over the past couple of months and weeks that I've listened to. Uh, the, the one thing that they kind of that shocked them that was amazing about the whole story about Robert Gosnell of course you don't know who he is he, he has uh, been labeled as, the, mo- as the, the, the biggest serial killer in American history but yet we ha- hardly anybody knows anything about him uh, I had a young man ask me this week who's Robert Gosnell he's in a conversation uh, he asked me well who is that we have no idea and I, and I began to tell him that he was the uh, and as I tell you now you know, he was the biggest serial killer of our day. You know, when the police and the DEA and the FBI raided his abortion clinic, it wasn't initially because of abortions, because in most of their eyes, uh, especially up there in Boston, in a New York or a, a liberal state, uh, abortion's okay. You don't go after abortion. And, and that was one of the biggest things 
uh, I heard talked about the trial and going after Dr. Gosnell was he's an abortion doctor. How can you go after him? It's abortion. Uh, kind of like it's an everyday thing. And unfortunately, it is. I guess it is an everyday thing. But here is a, a murderer, and, and Dr. Gosnell was absolutely, he was even training girls that had never been to medical school to administer anesthesiology. What was, was administering medicine that they had no business administering. And, you know, from a medical standpoint, from an ethical standpoint, and, of course, me as a conservative Christian standpoint, it was all around wrong and ugly. But the story is so absolutely uh, horrendous. Uh, now, in the movie, they focus on a, a powerful witness who uh, this young girl liked to take pictures of things. She liked to... Uh, she had a picture blog online, uh, and she... For some reason, uh, there was a, she worked at the clinic, and one night she felt that she needed to take a picture of this dead fetus, of this dead baby, and and it was that it was that that really helped the case when it happened. This happened, uh, I think he was convicted 2012, 2013. I think it was uh, May of 2013 because I I remember I, I see that date, and my son was born in November of 2012. And so, uh, and so, I, of course, I, you correlate everything around your kids. And, of course, I was thinking, my gosh, you know, my son was just six months old. But when he was finally convicted and he's serving a life sentence, he escaped the death penalty, uh, which is fine. Serve that life sentence. Uh, one day you'll meet God if you don't meet him in salvation first and forgiveness first and mercy first. But, uh, you know, an absolutely horrendous man who... Uh, you know, when, when they raided every, his, uh, his clinic, uh, they found uh, one thing they remarked on the news saying that, you know, there was, it was just nasty, it was filthy, uh, it, there was biohazard bags everywhere, there was blood in the floors, urine in the floors, and, and, and if, you're, if this podcast, let me go ahead and tell you, it's going to get a little graphic, uh, because abortion is graphic. So if you can't stomach this, you need to turn me off now, uh, because I'm not backing down from it. But anyway... Just a horrific thing, and uh, it. And in fact, I guess let me say there was a uh, they they directed people, and they're directing people from the movie uh, to go to their website. Of course, you can already go to their website. It's gosnellmovie.com, and you have to search for it a little bit. But they have a resource packet there, and there is a. A, uh, a picture that they showed in the trial that really convicted the jury's heart. And I want you to understand this. You know, you think about a jury up there in Boston. You think about up there, of course, it was the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is, is the, the actual, uh, I guess, prosecuting state that went after him. But in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, uh, they showed this picture from this girl who liked to take pictures. She worked at the clinic, like I said. She she took one of these pictures of one of these babies, and they asked her in her testimony, "Why did you take this picture? Why you've worked you worked there for I don't know how long she worked there. I I didn't hear that part of the story, but uh, you know she worked at the clinic. You know why why did you take a picture of this child? And and, and from her testimony. Of course, I'm not going to be able to quote her exactly. I haven't, uh, I wasn't there. But they said her words were along the lines of, because this baby 
look like it could be somebody's brother. This baby deserved a picture in the world to let others know that at least they were there for a little while. And I thought about that and I was like, my gosh. You know, in other words, even though she was doing this daily, even though she obviously believed in pro-choice, obviously she believed that it was okay for these girls to come in here and that if she needed one, she would get one. But yet something struck her that when she really looked down and saw this child, this baby that had just been born, and for the doctor to snip its neck and take its life, she felt she needed to take a picture because, it, and he had, they said he had one common phrase, Dr. Gosnell, and the one remark she said he made about this baby was, oh, wow, this baby's so big, it could probably walk me down to the bus stop. Society, people, have we not gone far enough in this? For someone to make a comment like that, you know Dr. Mengele. Dr. Mengele was a doctor back in Nazi Germany. He was the crazy one that would do all the crazy experience or, or the experiments on the Jews and, and others who else the, the Nazis would catch and imprison. Uh, he would uh, do all kinds of crazy experiments while people were alive, and, and it wasn't humane at all. But, you know, here's this doctor, and, and of course he escapes. But you know what, what he goes on to do with the rest of his life in another country, escaping the, uh, the arrest of the world community? He goes on to be an abortion doctor because he liked killing things. Don't tell me for one second that abortion is humane. Don't tell me for one second that murder is okay in any form because, it's, because it is not. It is absolutely evil. And if it's one thing, I fully believe, I believe God will take care of America, I believe you, you've heard on this podcast before that uh, you know, I've showed you in Scripture that America will, uh, I think, escape. And from what we can see and what we believe, that they will escape the, the, the hands of the Antichrist. But the one thing I think we will be judged for, the one thing that even uh, as I've been taught, it's been remarked and said uh, as I've been growing up, that there, at least for this one thing, that America will have a date in God's woodshed. In other words, there's going to come a time where God's going to say, America, you're going to be judged for this. Oh, there's too much blood on your hands for this. And I think to myself, what have we done? What did we do? What did the, the, the past generations do when prayer was taken out of school? And, and I understand it's hard. I understand there's decisions that gets made now and things, and we sit back and we say, well, what can we do about it? We can't, you know, it, it is crazy. I've heard people, and I've even talked to people who want to have a military coup and, and fight in the streets. Are you kidding me? Do you understand what that is and what that looks like? War is not an, a, a pretty thing at all. It is absolutely ugly and horrendous. And only in self-defense do you go to war. Only in self-defense do you defend your life and take another. Only in self-defense. Whether you're a, a mom at home, whether you're a dad at home, whether you're a mom and dad that wakes up in the middle of the night and someone trying to break in and hurt you and your family, or whether you're a police officer on the street. In self-defense only as life should be taken. Not one bit, minute did Jesus say it was okay to premeditate murder. Not one minute did he say it was okay to think about it, plan it out, and murder anybody. Not one minute, not one time did he say that in Scripture. You have to forgive me for being emotional about this. I remember when me and my wife, we have a little son. 
He, he's six now. Or actually getting ready to turn six here in a few weeks. He is the most amazing kid in the world. Yes, there are hard times with him. He is a special needs child. Yes, there's times, and I'll be honest with you, last weekend. Last weekend, me and my wife, were, we were just, we were perplexed and our hearts were just vexed. For the simple fact of our son was just, his behavioral issue was just off, off course. And he wasn't acting like himself and he was acting out and doing this wrong thing and that wrong thing. And, and, and we just, it, it's hard to get control of that as a special needs child because you can't discipline them like a normal child. You can't, you can't teach, the, it, it's hard. But yet when we went, and before we even knew Jude had, had, had issues, Jude had a, a special needs problem. And I'll go into his special needs one day on the podcast, but today is not that day. I remember the, and, and the nurse was just doing her job. And I remember when my wife was pregnant, I would go in with her. Uh, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there for everything. And I, I believe I did make it for everything. But I remember the, the one thing I had convicted in my heart, that I, I know they were just trying to help. And, and I, I know they were not meaning this in any bad way. But the nurse asked my wife in one of the visits, she said, do you want to do the test? I forget what test they call it, but it's a test to, to see if the child has Down syndrome or any other issues. And the first, when she said it automatically, without even thinking, I, I, I just immediately spoke. I wasn't trying to speak over my wife. I wasn't trying to be rude. It, I guess it's just in my heart. And I said, it doesn't matter what that test shows, we're keeping this child. And the girl just looked at me like, oh, oh and she just wrote down, okay. okay. And of course, my, she looked at my wife and let her answer, which is the, the appropriate thing to do. But, and I didn't mean to. I, I didn't mean to just shout it out so fast. But you have to understand that when you love life, there's nothing else more important. I hate our society that has to question and give women the option of abortion. Because that's why they ask that question. Because, you see, after they, my wife said, yeah, the test is fine, I'll do it. And she didn't say it in a smart aleck way or anything like that. Like, I'm, I know I'm emotional right now, so I apologize. But, so she did it. And I remember... She, they handed her a piece of paper, and I read the piece of paper, and I, and I don't, I probably still, we probably still have it at home saved, but it, it basically went along the lines of, if you do find out there's something wrong with your child, and you want to abort the baby, and ter- oh, that's the word they use, terminate the pregnancy, we can provide those options for you. What kind of a society are we that we put death we hand out death papers because that's what that is if you want to be plain and simple about it it's absolute death papers if you don't want this human being anymore we know how to take it out back for you we are no better than the holocaust we are no better than hitler or stalin and i know we always point out the holocaust and yes it was horrible stalin was horrible also mao was horrible also socialism and communism they lead to nothing but death but we need to pray. We really, I, I, you know, I wondered, I was thinking today, I wonder what would happen. I guess actually just thinking right before the show. What would happen 
if the, every church in America who was pro-life banded together for one night in their synagogues and their Catholic houses and their churches and banded together and made one cry out to God, set it at 7.30 on a Sunday night and let the church pray for 30 minutes. Every church. I wonder what would start happening in this nation. I wonder if things would start turning around. I heard a stat uh, not too long ago that said that there that the church could actually eradicate foster care in America in one night if it wanted to. And of course, the guy who did the study was just using that as a, he said, he said, I say one night. He said, of course, you got legal proceedings and stuff like that. He said, but, he said, for every foster child in America, there is one church ratio. In other words, for one foster child, there is one church in America. And he said, all it would take is one family from one church to adopt a child. And foster care in America would be eradicated. Every child would have a mother and a father and a home and a loving, caring, tender relationship that they would go home to and live in each and every day. And I understand it's not as easy as that. I understand that there may be issues with a child. There may be certain backgrounds they come from. They may have, but my, our God is bigger than anything. He is the one who created us. He created, look at your hands right now. Look at your feet. Look at your face. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, God created me. God created everything that we have. God created who we are. He created the universe. You know, I've heard even some apostolic preachers uh, in my lifetime say, "Yeah, I can kind of believe I can kind of believe in UFOs because the universe is just so big." Here's my theory on the universe and why it's so big because we got a big God. I don't think it's because God's created some crazy creature out there. Now, one day if God wants to show me an alien in my face, I will totally recant everything I'm saying. But I have not seen any true evidence of anything like that except for funny videos and funny stories and people who can't take an alien by the hand and show them to you on national television or anything like that. So until then, I'm sorry, but there are no UFOs. Yeah, there may be unidentified flying objects around, but they ain't from some alien life. Why did God make the big the universe so big? Because he... Well, I told my wife one day, we was talking about this, and I said, what if God would have stopped at Mars? What if he would have stopped at Saturn and Pluto and we couldn't go any further, but yet we have satellites that can see a lot further than that? And we just saw nothing but blackness. We saw nothing and it just dropped off. And anybody went into it, hit a, hit a wall or something. You know, it was like the, have you ever seen that movie Truman? With Jim Carrey. He gets to a point where he goes he goes through the city and he he's realizing everything's fake, everything's crazy. And then he gets to a point to where it's literally a wall that he hits. What would your faith do then? I think God made a universe so big because he knew the technology we was going to come up with. He, he knew our NASA spaceships. He knew how far man was going to push himself. And he said, you know what? I'm going to create something so big, angels, that it's going to be so big and tremendous and wonderful and immaculate and, and just magnificent that they're going to be amazed every time they look into their telescopes. They're going to be amazed every time they're going to say, how far does it go? Because that's how big I am. Well, that, let me wrap up there.
But I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to go to gosnellmovie.com. If you have the guts for it, if you have the boldness for it, the going back to the picture from the girl or from the girl in the trial who took the picture who worked at the clinic. They put that picture, they got it from the government up there, from the trial lawyer, and they put that picture up online. You got to do a few things to get to it. But people, after looking at that picture just before I went on air here, it is horrendous. It'll make you sick. I had to run somewhere. I had to run, uh, actually uh, ran and just stopped in a, a store real quick. I just I just had to get out of the house. I had to get out just for a little bit. I had to get away from my device. I had to get away from after seeing that. It, it's hard. It's tough. As a police chaplain, I've seen dead bodies. I've seen people who've taken their life. But to see a defenseless child lying there, who in its womb for nine months got good food, got shelter, thought it was going to live a wonderful life, had a strong heartbeat, and then for someone to take it out of the womb to lay it down on a table and to take scissors to the back of it is horrendous. It is sinful. And we need God in this. We don't need to let go. I don't care who calls me crazy. I don't care who says I'm insane. I don't care what anybody else does. But we have to teach our liberal friends this is wrong. I don't want you to fight anybody over it. I don't want any... Our side needs to be nonviolent through and through. We need to learn from people like our God, Jesus Christ. We need to learn from those like Martin Luther King who taught nonviolence, but yet we need civil change. We need to look and you need to see me as a human being. That's what Martin Luther King fought for. He fought for voting rights. He, he fought for all these things. He basically fought for the fundamental that I am a man. Is that what the signs they held? When they went to the Washington Monument, is that not the signs they had around their neck saying, I am a man, I am a human? Is that not what each child would say is, I am a human? Don't look at me at the color of my skin. Don't look at me for anything else, whether I'm male or female, but look at me because I am a human. I am God made, I am God created, and I am to be godly loved. Does the word not teach that? So when you speak to your liberal friends, Give them that argument that they're human. That a mother, a mom, a female, a wife can't give birth to anything else but another human. It can't give birth to a Cadillac. It can't give birth to a cell phone. It can't give birth to a trash can. God gave women a wonderful, amazing gift in creating a child along with a man. And he gave us this wonderful gift. That we are to protect, we are to love, and we are to fight for. And I'm not talking about physical fighting for. I'm talking about standing. I'm talking about praying. I'm talking about not being afraid to speak about it. You know, in our churches, at least once a year, at minimum, if not more, do we, have, do we just need to have a night 
where we pray about abortion, where we really get on our knees because it is a non-political issue. It's a human life. I'm sorry, I could go on and on for this. But I just want to touch on this subject. I love you guys. And I say, let's pray for our nation. You have to forgive me. I am quite emotional over this. It's a subject that gets me every time. I love my son, even with all his special needs. Not once have I ever thought in his life. Not ever once did I think he's so much of a burden, I wish I could just get rid of him. Because he does some of the most amazing things. Even though he don't have the ability of every other child, the things he does, I think, far outweighs it. God shows himself through my son. That is the biggest testimony I've ever found. This is Flashpoint. This is Jared signing off. Good day.
Yeah.